What a wonderful horsey's furnished to be, and it's a very exciting day for everybody involved with the Kiwi Sharp and Smart uh, taking on the Australian Derby field. A wide draw, but he might just be that good. And on the line, it's a, it's a, it is a true honour to welcome in Jerry Harvey to the mail run this morning. He's a, a doyen of the breeding game in this part of the world, and Jerry, really do appreciate your time. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I went and had a good look at Sharp and Smart yesterday with Rogie and, and Debbie, and um, he looks he looks fantastic. Um, he's a um, he's a nice quiet horse. Uh, he only gets excited when he gets to the races, which might be a good thing because the adrenaline comes into play and he's ready to ready to perform. But he's a beautiful horse to look at. He's a long barrelled horse. He's now matured into a uh, just a, a really nice looking horse. You look at him and you think he's a nice horse. And then I looked in the stable next door and there's one called Passive Aggressive. He's a fast net rock and he looks like a bloody quarter horse. And when you look at the, he's in the TJ Smith. So he's about as strong a looking horse as I've ever seen. And when you look at the two, and they're both thoroughbreds, one's a sprinter, one's a stayer. They're so different to look at. Amazing how much different they are to look at. It is amazing. And I, Jerry, straight away, I could just hear the passion in your voice. You love this game, don't you, mate? And, and I, I do have to ask, what sort of an anticipation and excitement do you still get the day before a derby at this point in your thoroughbred career when you've accomplished so much? Oh, well, I look, I get my runners every day and I go through them. And I, you know, I've got runners somewhere, um, all over Australia, New Zealand, every day. So I look through them, and there's, and and most of them are ordinary horses. But every now and again, I, like I've had two trialers this morning, and uh, one was a reliable man, a Billy, uh, that I couldn't sell, and it's called a Sown, and it's like, just just a good horse. It'll be a stakes horse for sure, and and so then. Uh, I've got a couple of others trialling this morning. So I've always got things coming through. And that's what, you know, like every day when I come to work, I go through my runners and I think, what have I got? What have I got? And, um, and the, the good ones, like Alligator Blood or, or, or Sharp and Smart, you know, you don't get a lot of them. But they're the ones that take you to the, to the peak. They're the ones that are, you know, the best horses in the country horses. How many, if you don't mind me asking, Jerry, how many horses do you suspect you might have? Do you could you possibly know for for certain across all your broodmares and the yeah, handful of stallions and your your runners? No, I've got an approximate idea. I've got about two hundred and fifty mares in New Zealand and about two hundred and fifty mares here in Australia, and I've got three horse studs here in Australia, and I've got the two in New Zealand. Um, so. Um, you know, the ones I race generally are the ones that failed the scope or they had failed the X-ray or I couldn't sell them. And so they're the ones mostly I, I end up racing. So, for instance, Alligator Blood, I passed him in for 55000 and then someone came back and bought him and then I've got a share in him now. And then Sharp and Smart, he was 55000 Rogie bought him for fifty five, and then... We put him in the, uh, I kept a share in him, and then we put him in the ready-to-run sale with a 90 grand reserve and no one wanted him. So we ended up having to race him, and then we knocked back a $2.5 million offer from Hong Kong. So and now he's 
if he wins tomorrow, um, he's he's undisputable um, champion, three-year-old stayer Australia, New Zealand. So you know, fifty-five grand's a magic number. I think I'll um, <laughs> anything I pass in for fifty-five grand in future, I won't sell. I won't sell afterwards or something. I don't know. Did it? I actually think off off the top of my head. I think Melody Bell might have been bought for fifty seven thousand. So you could be right. There could be something in around that number. That's where the, the really special horses are. And is it true? I, I read earlier, Jerry, that you you you're obviously an extraordinarily successful businessman outside of the um, thoroughbred game. But you really only ever tried to become successful because you wanted to be a farmer or you wanted bits of land. Is that true? Oh, well, when I left school, I wanted to be a farmer and nothing else. But the problem is I had no money. So um, I was smart enough at about 17 or 18 to realise that I had no money, so there was no point. So I thought I'll make some money, and then by the time I'm 25 or 30, I'll buy a farm. But the problem was when I got to 25, 30, I was making so much money not being a farmer that I thought, oh, I can't. I'll just keep making money. And and then, of course, I bought farms afterwards. So now I'm a farmer and a, and a moneymaker. So it's worked out better uh, by sheer luck, coincidence, whatever. Oh, it's brilliant. You know, talk about work-life balance. It seems like you've absolutely nailed it, uh, mate. And, and, and on the New Zealand side of things, Westbury Stud, the success that you're having there – you must make you very proud. Why Why the connection to New Zealand? Well, what interests you? And, and why do you, you share these horses around all the trainers? I've always wondered that. Well, what is it about you that, that make, means that you want to support all of the trainers that you do in, in the New Zealand industry as well as Australia? Well, I'm the only bloke that's probably ever done this. Everyone else that has a lot of horses generally has their own private trainer. And, and it's not a silly thing to do. But what I do is, because I own a sales company, Magic Millions, I, I, I have all these trainers as, as buyers. I do business with them every day. So from my point of view, I like to support them. And I've been out there, you know, I'm supporting 50, 60, 70 different trainers in Australia and New Zealand. And so from my point of view, I actually like that um, relationships that you build up with a lot of those trainers. I find that all of them, pretty much all of them, are really good good people that, you know, dream about owning the horse and they that's their life. And and if you if you a little bit of a part of that where where they buy a horse off you and it becomes that horse, I think that it's very satisfying. You you're in a partnership then with people that you like, people that are that are loyal, well, well you know, they're just, they're, they're, the, they're the stalwarts of this industry. And, and, and so, you know, having that relationship with them, I think, is pretty special. It's amazing hearing you talk about the affection you have for the people, Jerry, because, you know, I think some people might suspect that someone of your stature might just, you know, become introverted, you know, you, you become, you win so much or you create so much success for yourself that you kind of go the other way. But it sounds like you really get your kicks from the people in the industry as well as the horses. Yeah, well, so yesterday when I was looking at Sharp and Smart, the guy that is a New Zealander, but he works here, 
and Roger's got him riding the horse. And so, but I was pretty interested in talking to him because he's a yeah. good, good young bloke. And uh, you know, so mate, why are you doing this? And you know, just having a chat to him about it. And you walk away thinking, "Geez, he's a good bloke, right?" <laughs> so I think I think that that's you know, I think I think it's not, I don't I just like doing it. I, I like the jockeys. I like the trainers. Yeah. Hey, out of your stallions at Westbury, Jerry, can I ask which one you're, you're really excited about? Because the lineup is it's superb at the moment, and Redwood, obviously sharp and smart. What, a, what an advertisement. I mean, that's what every stud master or owner would, would like to have, a horse like sharp and smart that will race on for their stallion's sake. What, what's the stallion or two on your lineup at Westbury that really fizzes you up? Well, well I've got five or I've got – Torpirian I had, he's no good. Well, when I say he's no good, I can't make him commercial. Swiss Ace is my best horse there in terms of um, getting horses to buy Swiss Ace, getting them up and running and selling them uh, to Asia for, for between 100 and 500 grand each. There's actually an incentive for me now not to put them in the sales, uh, run them up. Like the other day, I had one run up and, and I got, what, 350000 for it. And it had won a trial. And mm. and so Smith Ace is my best horse to do that with because they they run fast and, and and they and a lot of them do. It's not just the odd one. And now as a broodmare sire, he's got eight percent stakes uh, horses to runners and just started. So he, he looks like I'm looking at my Swiss Ace mares at the moment and thinking, maybe I can't get anything better than these bloody things. They're good. <laughs> and so then I got a reliable man who who can get us, you know, any any he can get anything, and 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 he throws these beautiful grey horses, and so you go to you go to the races and you see these beautiful horses with this great big grey uh, tail and mane, and you think, oh, geez, that's a good looking horse. And so if you want to buy a brood mare, or, or Breed one, and you get a get a really nice, reliable man. I I don't think you can buy any better. Then I got Redwood, and Redwood is a, is on a hot little run at the moment. Um, he's got that Auckland Cup winner the other day. He's got Sharp and Smart, and then I've got one over here called Pink Ivory that I I believe is a good group horse. Um, and and so I've got another. I bought another one over the other day from New Zealand. Someone offered me two hundred and fifty thousand, then three fifty. But then I thought, oh, I think it's even better than that. So I'm going to keep it and race it. Um, it's a redwood. Then I've got another redwood over there, out of a sister to Royal Descent. Roger's got that too. It's called the uh, Solidify. And it looks like it's a, out of the Warrior Woman, who I raced. And it looks like a really good horse. Then I've got El Rocker. He's got, I think, two Group One winners now. Um, and he, he had that. Is it Romancing the Moon that won the eleven the other day? Oh yeah, good, real um, good filly, Jerry. She's she's got yeah. a, she, she's a very tidy filly. Yeah, so uh, he gets a real good horse, uh, El Rocker. Um, then, then I've got, um, what else have I got? A Tarzino. Tarzino got two group one winners in his first crop. Now I've got 150 mares involved in him now because of that. Um, so he looks like he might go on and become the, the new Savabeel, uh, 
uh, in New Zealand. It, but I sold Savabil as a yearling for 400000 And uh, then I bought back a share in him, a 150th share uh, later on for 400000 So <laughs> I owned the whole horse, and now I buy back a 150th for what I sold him for. But he's been a... He's been a great horse in New Zealand. Yeah, has he? What? He's an icon, really. And, and Tarzino, we've got a horse. You'd be familiar with the mere Cinerama, who's got a t- Tarzino foal at the moment um, in the belly. And uh, a colleague of ours here, Tony Kemp, and along with Alan Sharrick, they race Cinerama together. And, and they're both very, very excited about her, this foal's middle dis- distance prospects. And it's very exciting. Tarzino, you don't fluke two group winners in your, one winners in your first crop, do you, Jerry? Well, yeah, I don't think you do. Others might say you do, but but if you get one group one for you in your first crop, it's pretty good. And uh, so, um, you know, I'm pretty excited about Tarzino. I've got 51 of my own mares in foal to him. Wow. So from my point of view, I'm I'm looking at him and thinking, gee, you know, he could be anything. Um, but but the, the Redwood at the moment, like Redwood stands for 10 grand, and you can't go to a horse in Australia for anything like that sort of money. Swiss Ace is five grand. They'll rock is 12 and a half. Uh, a reliable man's 15 or 20 or 17 or something. Um, and and so Tarzino last year was 15,000. These are very cheap service fees. Nothing like that's available in Australia. And so... Uh, New Zealand's in this wonderful position where it's got stallions over there that you can go to for virtually nothing. But but your breeding industry over there in relation to Australia is a very, very poor relation. I mean, we we prize money here in Australia, and that's why, you know, unfortunately, you've got so many New Zealanders, jockeys, trainers, breeders, all leaving the country to come to Australia. And New Zealand used to be one of the best breeding countries, if not the best in the world. And it's just been going downhill every year for the last 10 or 20 years. It's like you watch it and you, it brings tears to your eyes. It is, uh, when you put it in perspective like that, Jerry, it is, there's a, there is a lot of difference between our two great countries, really, in the, in the racing space at the moment. And, you know, it, it does fill us with pride, though, when we see these, especially these three-year-olds, Legato and uh, Prowess last weekend, and, and hopefully Sharp and Smart again, or, or if one of the Kiwis come over and take some of that prize money, because we, we like to think that hopefully, you know, block by block, we can start building it back up. And, you know, there's good oh. things happening, happening with prize money here in Ellerslie. So we are hopeful. Oh, yeah. No, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm just praying that somehow or other, you know, the New Zealand industry comes back to even a, a, a little bit of its pre... It's such a good breeding country. So many great horses coming out of it. And yet we, as a as a country, New Zealand, we just seem to, I don't know, we just don't we don't get it right. We've got to get it right. We've just got to get it right. It's just it's a tragedy the way it is. Yeah, that's fair enough, Jerry. Hey, um, I'll let you crack on with your day because you you've got things to better things, more important things to attend to than chatting to me. But do you think Huey Bowman gets it right tomorrow from the the wide draw? Are you 
are you confident Sharp and Smart can win? No, well, I'm, I'm very hopeful, obviously, but, you know, Huey Bowman, I know him really well. He's a great bloke. Uh, he's one of the best jockeys in the world. And But it doesn't matter how good a jockey you are sometimes, luck just doesn't go with you. And, and so, yeah. but, but if anyone's going to get the luck, he's as good as anyone out there in the whole of the bloody world as far as I'm concerned. So I just hope that he, he can get behind something um, and that that takes him into the race. And if that happens, um, the problem with that horse is that if he hits the front, he he goes to sleep a bit. So um, it might be good if he couldn't hit the front early uh, and he has to chase. And that way he might do better than... But, he, but he's got to be in a position in the race to be able to, you know. So luck plays a very big part. doesn't matter how good a jockey you are. If you're out of luck, there's a problem. Well, one thing we do know, Jerry, is the horse is tough. And the tougher the situation, he seems to grow a leg. So I think you're right. He, he doesn't want it too easy, this bloke. And for Oggy and Debbie and yourself and Huey, I, I wish you all the best. It's very exciting to have a horse representing New Zealand as smart as this bloke so yeah. all the best and thank you so anyway, much for taking some time to chat to us today I really yeah. do appreciate it that's, that's bloody wonderful talking to you good on you